And now, our feature presentation, Imitating Art, with Don and Chuck. I say we, we jump right in. All right. I say we jump right in as well. <clears throat> well, uh, hey, everyone. Oh, Don's still clearing his throat, but that's okay. Hey, everyone. Happy New Year, and welcome to Imitating Art. I'm Chuck. And I'm Don. And more importantly, welcome to 2021. Yes. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> We've got <laughs> our fingers crossed on that one. <laughs> We're hoping that we make it that far. Uh, we're only recording <laughs> two weeks in advance, but I, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't, I'm not underestimating this year. Uh, yeah. We'll, we'll see what happens. Re- recording yeah. these in advance might be a little hopeful on our part. But <laughs> anyway, uh, if you're new to imitating art, what we'd like to do is uh, review movies, see if they have any life lessons worth learning. Tonight we're going to be talking about uh, Tenet, the new Christopher Nolan movie. Uh, we'll probably get there in about 10 minutes or so. Uh, Don, have you been uh, watching anything? There's that optimism again. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're going to make it to next year. We're going to talk about the movie in 10 minutes. Yeah, it's all. Well, we're all very optimistic people. <laughs> 10 podcast minutes at least. <laughs> yes. um, um, yeah, actually, I've been I've actually been watching quite a bit this week. Uh, for one thing, I finished the Hunger Games. Um, nice. And the yeah, the I, I liked that the, the those movies and books, I suppose. But I liked that the story advanced quite a bit through each each film and kind of uh, changed quite. So I didn't feel like I was watching the same movie again with like slightly different obstacles. It felt like things were right. really moving forward the whole right. time. Like the second one starts off feeling like the first one again, but then like once you get into it, it changes. Yeah. I don't remember exactly what happened, but I remember it started very similarly. Yeah. Well, as <clears throat> of course everybody dies, but other mm-hmm. other than that, um, yeah, no, I I I like the movies. Um, the the first one was definitely my least favorite of the four, I would say. Um, mm-hmm. but otherwise, uh, I've I watched the first season of Rami. Nice. That. <laughs> That's great. That was very yeah. quick. It was. Yes, it was. Uh, <laughs> I had a lot of time on my hands, so <laughs> I went ahead and got through it. Nice. Um, I also watched uh, another John David Washington movie. Um, can you guess mm-hmm. which one? <laughs> Black Klansman? Yeah, so I watched, uh, <laughs> we watched Black Klansman the other night, and I forgot, first of all, just how good that movie is, but good. also like how powerful it is in, in the ending. Like, I mean, the movie itself... Mm-hmm. Is very very good, but I I totally forgot about the ending. I yeah. watched it the first time in the in the indie theater in Salt Lake City, and like as much as I enjoyed the movie and it was and it was very nice and I, I loved the character development and everything. They as soon as they started showing the stuff that had just happened in Charlottesville, yeah, like that's when I kind of lost it. And like same thing happened this time. Yeah, uh, me too. The exact same reaction. I liked the movie, and then once they got to the like the the news reel at the end, I started tearing up a bit. Yeah, yeah, that was it's crazy. Still, I mean, that just seeing what had happened just two years ago, and realizing that it was only two years ago. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, a, a lot of that, a lot of a lot of powerful emotions going on there, and it was yeah, still still very hard to watch all that all the scenes coming out of Virginia. At, at least this time when I watched, it, I have slightly more hope for the future uh yeah at at least the immediate future (laughs) so um kind of i didn't really realize that uh john david washington was the same was the actor that was in that and this we just happened to put that movie on uh instead of tenant the other night and then i watched it afterwards and i was like hey it's the same guy (laughs) (laughs) yeah um i was actually thinking of black klansman earlier today because because of John David Washington. Like, it's the mm-hmm. only thing I've seen him in other than Tenet now that I've seen it. Me too, as far as I know. And, you know, if you want to feel old, you get to think of him as Denzel Washington's son. When you don't see, like, a celebrity's kid growing up, like, in the highlight, and then you just see them having a fully grown adult child, uh, when it's someone who has been in your life in one way or another as you were growing up, just seeing them with a child that is 25 plus is so jarring to me. Well, I can't, I can't say I wanted to feel old, but I, but I do. <laughs> and I also didn't know that. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm not big on like celebrity 
information, so I was not aware <laughs> that he was related. Um, yeah. But that that is kind of crazy when you say it like that. Yeah, and then like it's the same thing. Like when I found out that Coach or New Girl was Damon Wayne's Jr. Like that. That was okay. Wow, very right. jarring okay. to me as well. Yeah, I think I saw the name, but it didn't like it didn't click with me with him. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't. And, and, and it, it definitely helps or doesn't help that black actors, especially probably, don't seem like their faces age nearly as much as white people. So like Denzel sure. Washington seemed a lot younger for a lot longer, probably. Uh, like now when you see him in like some recent interviews or like without movie makeup on, he looks a little bit, you know, he looks older for sure. Yeah, but like, and he's got I mean, the gray. But Will Smith still looks like he's like 25 sometimes when you see him. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> like it's so thinking somebody that looks like they're still in their 30s has a 30 year old son <laughs> feels mm-hmm. a little funny. Yep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so there's that. Um. But he, oh, I know we talked about his beard previously. Uh, yes. But uh, I uh, so we talked about John David Washington's beard in in Tenet. But I got to say his hair in Black Klansman was fantastic as well. <laughs> like he. He, he he knows how to he knows how to take care of his hair no matter where it is on his body, <laughs> or, or at least the the hairdressers uh, on the film do. True. Well, I guess he has good hair to work with in that case. <laughs> I mean that that's a good start. Um, Have you been watching things? I, I mean, we've still just been watching um, mostly Scrubs and and House. Although tonight we did uh, watch Home Alone, mm. which is. Christmas. Nice. Yes, I, I like to. That's one of the ones I like to watch every year. And we started Home Alone too, right? Right before we sat down to record. Yeah, you dabble in Christmas movies. Yeah, so you know, we've only got a week left till Christmas, so just trying to get through what we can. Yeah. Uh, while we can, I still haven't picked up any new books or anything. I'm still trying to finish uh, a Christmas Carol. I did start uh, Barack Obama's memoir. Nice. I'm trying to think if I've been doing anything, and I think the answer is no. No. Snow, <laughs> snow days. Snow day, yeah. Um, yeah. I was going to say I hit the treadmill, but that's not even that interesting to talk about. Hmm. So, yeah. Just enjoying being inside, watching the snow once in a while? <laughs> well, I mean, it, it only snowed that first day. Oh, um, okay. It's just still snow-covered out there. I have a... I have a friend that's in Vermont and he keeps posting pictures of like the three feet of snow that they got and they're staying at like a cottage and they got snowed in and he has a drone. So he sent the drone up from the house and looks pretty awesome. Well, I'm slightly jealous of him. (laughs) Yeah. Otherwise I haven't, uh, I haven't been doing too much out of the ordinary here trying to be active once in a while, but finding a lot of time to sit and watch movies and tv shows this week well that's good yeah yeah the fact that yesterday you were one and a half <laughs> episodes in tarami <laughs> well i gotta say that's it i'll give i'll give it to the show i'll i'll, I'll get it's a testament to that show's quality because it made me just want to binge it and it get it away and, and, it, and, it, and it reminds me in a way of the first season or two of louis Mm-hmm. where like some of the scenes were just complete departures and they they took place with like some other characters or like they just kind of they're not afraid to try new things. Yeah. When I was telling you to watch it, I did say that it had a Louis vibe in that okay. way. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're right then. <laughs> yeah. Um but it is a very good show and I I'm pretty sure they're going to come back for a third season. Good. But you still need to watch season 2. <laughs> yes, and I will. Season two is a lot more uh, dramatic, I would say, than the first season. I'll let you know what I think of season two tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, it didn't take long for us to start meandering, so I, I'll, I'll say we can uh, give them less than ten minutes of content, and we'll uh, take a little we'll break see. and come back. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Talk about the movie break. everybody clicked on this link for. <clears throat> they clicked on this link for us, Don. That's true. All right, we'll just keep talking. <laughs> we'll be right back. Well, sh- shall we get into Tenet? We shall. 
Welcome hey. back. Welcome back. So, Tenet is a, a big movie in the history of 2020, considering it's one of the only movies that got released in uh, in theaters uh, for a, a good portion of the year. Yeah, uh, I remember at some point I saw on Reddit, someone said, uh, Bad Boys for Life is really going to win the box office this year, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I remember there was a lot of... Uh, concern and wonder over what movies might actually get released and then what that's going to do to like award season and if mm-hmm. more like streaming platforms are going to be able to get some of their movies into the running this year yeah much to the ire of steven spielberg and martin scorsese <laughs> and uh i like also, their movies but fuck them for being so elitist about yeah, academy awards a, only being a, their th- only, for theater release movies yeah yeah they are relics of of the past in certain ways where like they don't they don't want to see the advancement like where things are going i understand like the theater experience is a theater experience but not being able to see it in a theater should not relegate someone's art to a lesser like award show or something right well it's, it's like the thing is to be nominated for an academy award for best picture you actually do need a theater release it's but screen, it can yeah. be, but but it can be like a very small release yeah. Like, you know, Amazon can throw their one of their original movies into a couple theaters for a few weekends, and that counts. Um, but, like, Steven Spielberg's whole thing was, if it's made for Netflix or whatever, then it's made for TV. And, right. you know, TV has its own awards and everything. Right. And, it, and it's just a completely different beast. But it's not. So many of the made-for-Netflix, Hulu, Amazon movies are just really good movies yeah yeah i think i read about somebody had rented out a theater after covid shut them down and screened their their movie for a weekend to no audiences but that allowed their movie to be in contention <laughs> well that's great <laughs> it's like a great way another one of those working the system moments that you're like oh, good for you i'm sure they're going to mm-hmm. find a way to not let people do that in the future but i'm glad somebody did it now yeah, I'm wondering if we're talking about this because it might be a little bit of a headache starting to talk about Tenet. <laughs> well, <laughs> we're subconsciously you, avoiding it. If you're listening to this, uh, hoping that we'll explain everything that happened in Tenet, uh, you're listening to the wrong podcast because yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was going to say, uh, if you were going to ask me to sum it up, I was going to say no. Uh, I, I can't sum it up. I have very few notes, and two of them are I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I, I after a while I stopped trying to force myself to try to understand what was going on and more just try to enjoy the story and hope like it all kind of made sense in the end, um, mm-hmm. which it does. Which it did. <laughs> yeah. Um, so if, you're, if, you, if you haven't watched the movie yet and you're on the fence over how confusing it might be, it is confusing, but it is still enjoyable to watch. Um, mm-hmm. And the ending will wrap things up to the point where you won't feel like you're completely lost, uh, but maybe make you want to go back and watch it again to figure some things out. I, I, I'm wondering if Christopher Nolan heard the complaints that people have that say he over explains uh, <laughs> the, like the plot devices of his movies and decided to make this and say, screw you to, to all those people. Yeah. Uh, because like in inception and interstellar, like there's so much explaining of what's happening, even yeah. though I, I like both those movies. I, I don't think that that's a detriment to those movies, but some people do. Uh, and I would have liked a little bit more of that in this one. Yeah. Interstellar is one of my favorite movies. And, uh, this one, this one definitely falls low on the list of favorite Christopher Nolan movies, at least on first mm-hmm. watch. <laughs> yeah. I, I need to watch it another couple times, but like the first time I saw Inception, it it's it was one of my first times watching a movie ever. I saw Inception in theaters three times, uh, just because I I loved it so much. It's one of my yeah. favorite movies of all time. Yeah, I'm definitely uh, going back to watch Inception again. Uh, we just talked about that that we both want to watch it again. And uh, Interstellar. I mean, I go back. I watch that at least once a year. Uh, but Inception is one that I haven't revisited that much. But I know I really like, so mm-hmm. I and I know that it's one of your favorites. So 
it's definitely something that I now that I'm in Christopher Nolan mode, I kind of want to go back and watch some of those. <laughs> yeah, I've only seen Interstellar once. I might go back to it just to see mm-hmm. Evil Matt Damon. <laughs> Matt I always Damon. forget. I always forget about that part. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but we're here to talk about Tenet. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. But this movie, if it had to be explained uh, somewhat briefly, there's a. A CIA agent who is uh, uh, John David Washington. He is um, in Ukraine in the beginning, and then like like he, they they move yeah. around a lot. Like so he's he's it, it, the beginning is confusing partly because weird things are happening. People are like shooting bullets in reverse, and then he ends up getting like lifted by another crew, and then taken to Europe somewhere. And then, so a lot of stuff is happening uh, where he's, it seems like he's getting recruited for a job that he doesn't know anything about. He's getting put in cars and sent places and meeting with people. So it's like a very, very much feeling like a spy movie um, where you're not really sure what's happening either. But then they introduce the plot of this uh, time machine kind of device where they're able to reverse ammunition or uh, reverse munitions initially. That's what they talk about. Invert. Invert, sorry. Uh, they're inverting munitions, so like bullets are coming out of something. It's, and it's all very confusing as far as like how the mechanics of it work. But all you know is like if there, there's a bullet hole that appears and it kind of comes out of nowhere and then the bullet is coming back from the other side and coming through someone's body instead of shooting out of the gun yeah. into their body. Yeah. Um, so, and if that all sounds confusing, that's how confusing it feels to watch it. Yeah, so like... In the future, someone has invented a way of making things travel backwards in time. Not like sending something to a different time, but just reversing the flow of time and letting, like, say, ammunition flow backwards through time. So that when people shoot a bullet, they're not shooting a bullet. It's coming from the wall back into the gun or whatever and causing a completely different type of, like, internal body damage. And I mean, and it's and it trying to wrap your head around the understanding it all gets very, very confusing. I mean, it's very paradoxical in a certain way. And one of the things they've said they say multiple times in the movie is, "Don't try to understand it." That too, but I was going to say they <laughs> like p- to pick up the gun. You have to have dropped the gun. Like the gun has to have been in your hand already if you're going to drop it like and like yeah. that's like there's some mental gymnastics you have to do to kind of make it make sense um mm-hmm. and that's at some point in the movie where i was trying I, I like i said i stopped trying to make it all line up perfectly in my head like math or science would and just accept mm-hmm. the rules of the movie just to see where it's going to go um but eventually you you also find out that they have these uh machines in multiple locations, and they're they've actually able uh, been able to put people through them as well, um, which they had initially thought was not possible yet. Um, which, but again, inverts them, inverts, in, their inverts time the people the yeah. same as munitions. And I mean, again, this is all, this has been invented in the future, and then mm-hmm. you find out that there's parts of this. It's a nuclear weapon, right? This nine part nuclear weapon. It's an algorithm. It's an algorithm for, but it but it's hidden in the nuclear weapons because those are that's the right. best okay, guarded yeah, that's right. That's right. spots. So yeah. it's the algorithm for how to how to do this, how to make the, how to do the inversion, right? Okay. Yeah. So they they they've broken this thing up into nine parts and then taken it to the past to hide it in nuclear bunkers because those apparently in, in history those are the most secure locations on Earth. Um, so the antagonist in this movie is trying to locate all nine pieces to put the machine together. Which is a very late-coming revelation in the movie, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it is. Uh, you're very right about that. Uh, also, the machine had a, had a little bit of a totem look to it. Did you? <laughs> I don't know if you... I didn't think of that until right now, but now uh, that we were talking about Inception and I'm looking oh, at the machine oh, the, itself. The, the, like, all the nine parts yeah. at the end? Yeah, I guess <laughs> yeah. I could see that. So yeah, there's a lot of a lot of confusing stuff that happens. Like they go through the machine, they go back in, they go backwards through time to invert one of the characters getting shot. Yeah. And though so, so you're watching them move forward through time. 
Yeah, and physics are happening happen backwards when you go through the machines. So like when you're driving, like people are driving the cars backwards, and when you hit the brakes, it friction doesn't work the same way. It's uh, yeah, it's a lot to kind of figure mm-hmm. out. But the basic plot of the movie is there's a Russian bad guy that's basically trying to end the world because he is very egotistical and he basically believes if he can't have the world, nobody can. Mm-hmm. Uh, and which he's is the dying. Same. Yeah, and he's dying of cancer, yes. Which is also a late coming revelation. <laughs> and but, but the way he treats his wife, who ends up becoming a character, you know, a big character in the movie, is kind of the same way. He actually says the words, if I can't have you, no one can, which is the same way he feels about life apparently he feels mm-hmm. if he can no longer enjoy the world then he's going to end the world for everybody else and he doesn't seem to give a shit about that so yeah um, because so the people the... the people in the future want to kill off all or most of the people in our time because we're ruining the future for them <laughs> uh, uh, by you know all the pollution and global warming and all of that so uh that that's that's why they're trying to get the algorithm for how to do the inversion so that they could destroy our time. I, I wasn't exactly sure how they were going to destroy our time. Um, no, and I, I, I apparently I missed that key. Yeah, idea they, key because I don't I don't remember hearing that at all. Yeah, they kept saying it was going to end the world if 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 uh, if the future got a hold of this algorithm, but. I don't remember if they said how or what they were going to do to destroy the world. I, I'm, I'm not sure. In any the, case, I hope I hope we've fulfilled your expectations <laughs> for not explaining what happens in the movie at all. What is important, though, is it, it's still like a Christopher Nolan action movie. So even though there's all this weird logistical stuff going on that is hard to understand, at least the first time, I, I plan on watching it again yeah. at some point. Um all it really means is, like, it's all just a reason for there to be really cool visual things happening during the action sequences. Yeah. Uh, which there are a lot of in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's basically like action sequence. Let's talk about the time weirdness for a little bit, then another action sequence, and it just goes back and forth. Um, so that's good. Although, I did feel like the first half of the movie felt like someone was trying to make a Christopher Nolan-esque movie. Like, it it didn't really feel like him until that second half. Like, once John David Washington goes through the the thing to invert. And, yeah, that's when it started feeling a lot more like a Christopher Nolan movie. Like, even the action before then felt like a little subdued for Christopher Nolan. I will say the first half of this movie and the second half feel like very disparate things. Yeah. And that like might, the, and maybe that's what you're describing. But I, and I, I didn't put it together that way in my head. But I agree that the beginning and the end, from right there's a middle point, there's a crux where things kind of start changing, and it probably is right where he breaks through or goes through to the other side. Yeah, like even so, that fight in the hallway when uh, John David Washington and Robert Pattinson are breaking into the the Freeport. The yeah yeah, and they get attacked by you know the the guys coming out of the uh, the machine thing. That fight between John David Washington and the dude was... I thought I was watching it, and I was, like, bored by it. It was very tepid. Yeah, they like... They weren't really making use of, like, the backwards... Like, the guy was obviously fighting backwards. Yeah, but it was like, but it, I mean... it didn't feel good. It, it didn't feel slow motion, and it didn't feel fast motion. It felt like they were, like... they were. It felt like they were rehearsing the fight. Yeah, I... Yeah, like it didn't feel like they were hitting each other. Like both it, times, like both times they did that fight sequence did not. It, entertain but it was. Me. It, I thought it was much cooler the second time around. Well, it was cooler but, the second time because of what you know the second time. Right, but I mean, it just felt so. As soon as uh, John David Washington Washington put on that armor before going back into the report, I was like, okay, so yeah, yeah, this is what's going on. But you it was still cool they never to watch show it. The face. <laughs> yeah, but it was still like cool to watch it again. Um, yeah, I mean, I and I, I agree. I did like it better the second time, but um, both times I still felt like it was weirdly slow and just like not, not very dynamic. Well, here's the thing: like I'm, you know, I'm watching a movie directed by Christopher Nolan, where there's a fight happening in 
a hallway, and all I can think of is the amazing fight sequence in Inception, like the yeah. zero gravity fight sequence in yeah, that yeah. hallway. And I'm just like, this this doesn't live up to that fight sequence. And man, and, and I don't want to completely shit on the movie the whole time, but I I also felt like the re- a lot of the reverse sequences were just like kind of boring. Like they didn't mm-hmm. they didn't like the, the car they chase. just didn't hit. They just didn't hit that right. And like. The, like the reverse explosions and stuff, I was like, well, I think maybe because you're so used to seeing like slow motion videos like done really well of like bullets going through like watermelons and you're used to seeing like things reversed in like super slow motion, really high quality. Just watching like an explosion kind of go back into the ground just didn't really have the same punch that I kind of, I guess I wanted from it. I'm not sure what I yeah. wanted, but it felt weak somehow. Yeah, I'd say the, the coolest visual with it was during the like climactic battle where it's like a 10 minute loop and once they hit the five minutes where where like the two five minute ends are meeting up and they blow up that building and so you see it like restructure then get thrown back down yeah like that was cool that was cool um but other than that yeah there was for as like Christopher Nolan is usually very good with visuals and ideas and like making the two work really well together. And like I said, a lot, a lot of this movie, especially the first half just felt like someone said, I can make a Christopher Nolan movie. Uh, I'll make it really confusing. And as it turns out, that guy was Christopher Nolan. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I don't think it's a bad movie. It just doesn't live up to like his best movies for sure. Yeah. Agreed. And, uh, the only thing I'll say about that is if you don't let artists have the opportunity to fail once in a while, and this is not a failure by any means, but no. to, to not live up to their work, you, you're not always going to be able to one-up your last movie. But if you don't give people the opportunity to do that, you're never going to get the good stuff. So, uh, you know, I have, I have no problem with this movie. Like, I didn't, This is not like I'm, I'm never going to watch a Christopher Nolan movie again because this one wasn't oh, yeah. quite as good as the last one. <laughs> it's not even that I'm never going to watch this movie again. because No, I'll like probably it. watch it just to try to understand it again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> By the way, Robert Pat- when Robert Pattinson is not playing a vampire, he looks really scruffy and dirty. Like, almost every movie I see him in, he looks like a greasy weirdo. I don't know if I've seen him. I mean, I never saw the Twilight movies, and I don't know Me if either, I saw but... him in anything else. I saw Good Time, uh, which was by the Safdie brothers who made Uncut Gems. Uh, I did not like Good Time, but I still want to see Uncut Gems. Uh, but yeah, he was like a, to be fair, in that movie, he played like a poor criminal. But still, he just looked like a scummy, greasy dude. You've been hit by in this one a too. poor criminal. <laughs> <laughs> so what What did you like about Tenet? Um... I liked, I mean, I like the big ideas of it. Like, I like, I like that it, it, it takes a time travel type idea and does something new with it and takes it to like a different place and really makes you like think about, you know, and despite of what, all of what I just said about it being confusing because of the mechanics of the, the device, that actually makes it really interesting too because it makes you, work to think and try to understand something and not just it's not like a popcorn sit back and just accept and understand everything kind of movie it makes you wonder and it makes you think so yeah. you know you know in another way that can be a good thing yeah although like you said because i had the same reaction where at some point i was like i need to stop thinking about this and just watch the action sequences because that's true yeah <laughs> That's mostly what he wants me to do. But I do want to think about it more because, yeah. you know, I, I love time travel ideas. And, and this one hits a lot of, you know, bigger ideas within time travel of, of like, uh, free will and, and things like that. Yeah. Like, clearly, if, if things are flowing backwards, then they already have happened. But yeah. do you still get a choice before they happen for you in, in your timeline? I mean, that's uh, the big that's the big question there. Yeah, um, uh, I did call some of the like twists at the end. Like, I didn't call that Robert Pattinson was hired by John David Washington, mm-hmm. but at some point I was like, w- once uh, the arms dealer woman, whose name I forget, 
Mm-hmm. Once she said that Tenet was started in the future, I was like, so wait, does that mean John David Washington ends up starting it uh, <laughs> to combat these like time crime things? Uh, yes. <laughs> but only because that's like a hallmark of like time travel stories. Um, right. But yeah, I mean, I, I really like the I, the time travel ideas and, and especially what Christopher Nolan was like trying to do structurally where like the, the second half of the movie is the first half in, in reverse. Right. Um, which is, which is kind of structurally how stories work anyway, uh, in a lot of ways. So the fact that he tried to do that literally, uh, is kind of cool. I mean, they bring up entropy and the fact that Mm -hmm. everything is degrading and like it is, it's them literally fighting against that. And the future trying to fight back against it somehow and figure out a way to reverse the... I mean, it, it, it's, it fits in with what the things that we're talking about typically or commonly right now, whether that be the way we handle this virus or whether it be, be the, the way we've handled climate change over the past 50 years. Like, things that we kind of wish we could go back and say and you know change the past so like yeah. it's 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 an idea that is uh, you know it's 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 a well-known idea that we all wish we could go back and right the the wrongs of the past yeah well i mean it's it's the very human thing where we somehow manage to still have hope for the future despite looking back at the past and seeing how awful humans tend to be yeah um and so it's it's both of those things happening at, at once it's our current yeah. hope for the future, despite knowing that we're probably going to be, we're probably going to end up destroying this planet, but still hoping that we find a way to not, even though the future is telling us, you have destroyed us. We, uh, mm-hmm. we need to stop you from doing this somehow. <laughs> um, but again, one of the things that pops up is is free will and can we change the future? Uh, right. I mean, we can, although he kind of doesn't. We either can, or we either already have, or we already haven't. What we ha- we must we we've either already done it, or we already haven't. Yeah. Well, like the <laughs> the two times he tries to change the future, he actually doesn't because he he doesn't want the arms dealer woman to tell his past self about the nuclear uh, weapon, which yeah. she says she's going to do that anyway. And then at the very end, he he wants to stop Robert Pattinson from essentially going to his death and doesn't do that either. So yeah, like, can he actually change the future? Like, let me put it this way. If he ever failed to stop the, the algorithm from getting to the people in the future, they wouldn't be like trying to still get it. Yeah. Cause they would already have it. Right. Um, but that, and then that's where it comes up what they talked about. They talked about the you know the things that people would talk about in the writer in the writers room for a time travel movie or in a quantum physics class. Uh, they talked about the grandfather paradox, mm-hmm. and they talk about uh, parallel universes. So, like, they, and they they dwelled on the grandfather paradox a little bit, talking about if you go back and kill your own grandfather, how could you ever be born? Because you would have already you wouldn't be exist to go back and kill him if you had killed him already, because. Yeah. If the time is in a line and you're just we're just experiencing it in order, then if you had come back to kill yeah. your grandfather, then he would have been killed by you before you were born. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's a paradox. There's no answer. Yeah. Well, there's a theory that time would never let that happen. Like e- even if you went back in time and tried to kill your father, like time as a force would make the gun jam or right. or, fi- or find. Like something would happen to prevent you from being able to create right. a paradox. Uh, of course, we're not going to know if that's true until someone invents time travel. But right. it's a it, it's an interesting theory. Yeah, well, that's why the the parallel universe theory really works a lot better yes. for telling the story because you like you can go you can go do anything and all you're doing is making a decision that branches off and creates another parallel time, you know, parallel dimension, and there have to be, you know infinite amount of parallel yeah. dimensions based on every binary decision that everybody could make at any given time turn yeah. left or right say yes or no whatever like every person every day making those decisions would potentially 
branch a new universe off to one side. Yeah, like when you know when you give Biff uh, in 1955 a sports almanac, so then <laughs> you get alternate 1985, and then you get Biff Tannen, aka Donald Trump, as president. Yeah. <laughs> did you notice Tenet is a, a palindrome? I, I did, but I didn't. I, I, I didn't think of it in in the terms of this movie until yeah. until you just said it. <laughs> yeah, because the movie is a palindrome. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and oh, I was going to mention the poster. Like, I didn't look too closely at the poster before it came out, but they they were everywhere, so I saw them a lot of times. So I like that now you can look at the poster and kind of take more. You can read more into it, knowing that there's two of the one character and the bullet holes on the one side and all that stuff. So I like, I like the poster design. I just wanted to mention that since I was thinking about it uh, when we were doing the intro. Oh yeah. You did tell me to remind you. So sorry. <laughs> no, I just, <laughs> it just came up, but yeah, I don't have, yeah, I don't have much, much written about this, but I, I thought that the ideas uh, were interesting enough to talk about. Yeah. And you know, John David Washington's beard was a, a powerful <laughs> was, uh, image in this movie. <laughs> it definitely was. That was uh Best beard in film. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag best beard in film. So I, I looked it up. The woman who played Cat is six foot three. I, I only looked it up because that first shot you see of her, I, I could tell she was taller. And I was just curious because she was wearing like four or five inch heels too. So I was just curious if it was like the shoe or what. So no, she's 6'3", which means with the heel, she's probably about 6'7 or 6'8". Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it's not often you watch a movie where like the, the main female character really gets to tower over all of the, the male characters. Hmm. Even Kenneth Branagh, who is trying to you know keep an iron fist on her, and she just gets to stand way over him. And I, it, I did like that she ended up being the woman she envied who, di- who dove off the boat at the beginning and the end, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I liked that part. Like I, it made me smile a little bit when she was coming back to the boat and I realized she was going to be the woman who dove off and she saw herself. Mm-hmm. The person you're envying might be yourself. It's very true. We'll, <laughs> we'll get there in just a little bit. I do like that. Um, so, I mean, Christopher Nolan really likes opening his movies with some sort of like heist. He, he did it in this. He did it in uh, The Dark Knight and Inception as well. Um, this one, I was... And those other two, you get to figure out what's actually going on. I still don't know. I mean, he was just extracting somebody, but I, I don't know what the stakes were in, in that opening. In, in the opera house? Yeah. Yeah, me either. I was going to say, like that, that, that scene didn't really do anything for me except kind of introduce the idea and get the action started really quickly. Uh, mm-hmm. So I still don't really know what that scene was for. Uh, me neither. Again, because I don't know what he was doing, and I don't yeah. know what the stakes were, so I don't know why what he was doing was important. I think that's part uh, of what made like that beginning feel so like disjointed, where I was like, he was there. Okay, now he's over here. Okay, now he's in a windmill, and now he's getting put in a car and go somewhere else. Yeah, that whole string of events where I was like, okay, he's going to the, why is he going to this arms dealer? And then it's not until a couple of scenes later that he says it, but then like the scene after that, then he's trying to meet the Russian dude and talk to his wife. And I was like, yeah, what, what, okay, what is he trying to accomplish by doing all of this? And I guess he was just trying to figure out where these inverted weapons were coming from. Yeah. But. I mean, not that it needs to be spelled out for the audience, but at no point did I feel like there were stakes involved with any of the say, decisions I, he was making. So, I wasn't invested yeah. in his decisions or the plot at that point. I was still just waiting for something to happen that I got that would like kind of pull me in. Yeah, I've realized at some point that he was trying to figure out where the, the inverted weapons were coming from, but I still wasn't sure why I cared. Because yeah. at this point, it just seemed like. Yeah, it's cool and weird, but like a scientist in a government would want to know. I'm not sure. Like, he's not a CIA agent anymore, so I don't know why he actually cares. Yeah, it was. It, it, right now, just talking about it makes me want to go back and watch it again just to 
knowing what I know from the end of the movie now, I feel like go, yeah. going into it, I'll, I'll notice more things when I watch it a second time. Yeah, and not only that, but <clears throat> uh, I feel like the second time will allow it to be more of like a popcorn movie. Because yeah. you'll get to take in more, but you won't have to pay as close attention to do that. And you already know it's coming, so maybe maybe those action sequences fall flat the first time, but maybe the second time they'll they'll hit a little better. Sometimes movies are better the second time around. Um, yeah, especially movies that are uh, quite yeah. complex. And, and movies where all of the important information that the audience should know come in the second half. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the reveal is fun at times, but sometimes knowing what's happening lets you enjoy just watching it, like you said, yeah. uh, without spending too much time thinking about what's what has happened, that you're missing things that are happening. Yeah. Um, it, it's also a fairly cold and emotionless movie, too. Yeah. Uh, which is fine, because in, Inception was the same way, except for, you know, a couple sequences towards the end but i still think inception was way better <laughs> they tried to give sort of an emotion like in in tenet the emotional core belongs to cat because she yeah. she's the only one going through anything emotional everyone else is just sort of a mechanism in this operation yeah and she <clears throat> she's definitely the one that you get a little bit attached to as far as hoping she gets out of her situation or gets revenge or whatever whatever you might be thinking about her husband. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's also the only one ever really put in any real danger, which I guess is a little sexist, but Yeah, I don't know. I, and like I said, I don't have much I don't have much else written about the film itself, so the and and the confusion remains. <laughs> mm-hmm. I still I still don't understand why the forged drawing was important, I guess, just to find out where the guy might be hiding something like the inverted weapons. Yeah, I guess it was. I mean, I, I mean, I guess it led to the Freeport. Yeah. So I guess that's like the but only then, connection. But and I mean, it was all, and it was also something that the husband was using as like leverage to keep his wife from leaving. Uh huh. So, like, it was, a, I, I, that's really all it was. I mean, I think it was just, like, that simple device that was both. Yeah. But, and I guess that's a, another aspect where when, because that was, like, for a good 20 minutes, that seemed like a major plot point about this drawing thing. And I was like, yeah. what? What? This came from, what is going on? I feel like the the first half of this podcast will just be us talking about the fact that we haven't seen Tenet again yet. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but when we do, oh boy, we'll know a lot more than we do right now. <laughs> yeah. Then uh, then that'll be the second part of this. It'll be a two-parter. We'll start the next one with uh, with lessons. We'll go backwards, yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if we thought of that before, we could have gone backwards in this episode. <laughs> I, I, I did think of it, but it you? seemed too kitschy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I thought of opening with uh, if our email address. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I kind of wish you just did it when you. Well, then I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, do you want to take our break and come back and do lessons? Yes, please. I need a, a brain break. <laughs> yes, agreed. BRB. Well, I am I, hydrated, <laughs> which right. means I'm ready for lessons. <laughs> All right, let me teach you something. Well, uh, like, like we both said, we don't have a lot of uh, a lot of notes for this one, but I thought the lessons could be interesting to discuss the um, the mechanisms that we talked about as far as like time travel and the lessons of general time travel, like uh, free will and fate, and like what's happened has happened like what what's going to happen has to have already happened uh like and we already kind of touched on a little bit of the possibilities of alt, uh, alternate universes versus time being a 
straight line or a flat circle, as Matthew McConaughey would say in uh, True Detective. True Detective. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't know where, just out of curiosity, if you had to guess uh, or if you had to posit your theory of what is going on in the universe, where, where do you land in there? Do you, feel, do you believe there are other universes or we have free will or what? Um, I, I don't know if it's so much that I believe that there are other universes, but I would not at all be surprised to find out that there are, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like I, I feel like believing them in them is uh, completely different to understanding that they probably do exist. Yeah. They again, they probably exist. I don't know if that means I believe in them, but you believe in the possibility whatever. of them. Yeah. Um. As far as free will, I definitely believe in free will. So when it comes to time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> The idea that everything that will ever happen has technically already happened and is destined to happen doesn't mean you don't have free will. It just means your free will has already been executed and created whatever the future is. Mm. Um, it, but you're probably not going to change it because that's the decision you as a person are going to make. But that means the future hasn't happened yet and we still get to see what it is and we still get to make those decisions uh, hmm. because we don't know what it's going to be yet. You know, that's so simple. But it's just not a way that I've thought about it before. That, like, yes, maybe everything has already happened and we're just experiencing time in a temporal, like a linear temporal fashion. But we are still making those decisions. It's just that we're making that decision every time the same way. We still are choosing to do it, mm -hmm. executing our free will, like you said. But we're just, if you were to return to that moment in time, every time you would make the same decision. You're still making a decision. Yeah. Well, it's like, the thing is, it it's almost impossible for you to make a decision that you would never make. Um, well, right, and that's why that, that feels uh, like a paradox also. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, people do, but it's generally something has happened to make you make that odd decision. Right. Which means that's just the, the decision you're going to make at that point. Yeah. Um, and that's just like every everything is happening because of the events that preceded it, whether that's the, something that made you finally do something different. It's not that you made the choice that was not the choice you would have made. It's just that all of the things that led up to that have made you choose something different than you normally would have chosen. Mm -hmm. um, but I really like the that way you described. You described that theory of like time better than Christopher Nolan described the plot of this movie. So, <laughs> uh, um, But so what do you think the lesson is in there? Exercise your free will? I think, uh, and, and before you, before you said it, before we started talking about that idea of, of free will, uh, I always thought that even if there is no free will mm -hmm. or what you think of as free will, I think it benefits us as humans to believe that there is free will because if we uh, uh, actually that actually leads up to one of the things I did write down a quote from the end of the movie where they said uh, this is an it, basically this is an expression of faith in the mechanics of the world it's not an excuse to do nothing so like mm. believing in like you know knowing that something is 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 able to change or not able to change that's not an excuse to not do anything and not to try yeah. um so <laughs> it's i guess that's the lesson like no matter what you think about the possibility of fate or free will you you can only do good by exercising that potential free will on the world you know to try to do what you try to will into existence what you want to exist you know yeah manifest it man yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just like, you know, sometimes, you know, we're kind of bleeding heart liberals. And one of the like things that detractors sometimes say or ask is like, you know, do you really believe in or, or have faith in humanity to really get themselves together and create that ideal like future? And no, I don't have faith in humanity to do that, but I do have hope in humanity to do that. Yeah. Like they're, they're very different things. Um, 
and I get to choose <laughs> to have that hope. Um, yeah, but they but they have manifest destiny. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you've been waiting the last two minutes to say that ever since I said manifest. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's you know it's the end of Back to the Future Part Three. The the future hasn't been written yet. Um, mm-hmm. You you get to choose you know make of it whatever you want, mm. um, even if that means you're just creating the future that already exists. That that's like you said, that's no reason not to try. Yeah, making the right decision for a better future is always the right decision, even if it's ultimately destined to fail. Yeah, and we're I mean everybody, all of us are experiencing time from the same point forward right now, so. Mm-hmm we're all working together to make the future that we hope exists. So whatever choices we're going to make, uh, we should keep trying to make those. Unless you're Stephen Strange, things aren't going to uh, uh, really change that easily. So, uh, I, I, And I think it, it is good for mental health to believe that we have free will and believe that we have the ability to change the things that we see as uh, needing change yeah. or needing acting upon yeah the the worst thing you can feel is useless yeah um, entropy and, will uh will happen much more quickly if you believe you have no ability to do anything in, in this world yeah um which everyone does i i think i don't think i've yet met someone who wouldn't have the power to change things for the better if they so decided yeah. because so I feel like uh, when people think of changing the world and the future for the better, they're thinking of big, grand things. But uh, we talked about, when we talked about Elf, we were talking about happiness and how just a a little bit of happiness and just making someone's day better is just a good thing. Uh, That's that's changing the world, you know? Even if it's just one smile at a time, if enough people are doing that, it's going to add up to something big. Yeah. I don't know if I used the, the metaphor the, in that episode that I was thinking of, but I, I'm pretty sure I was thinking of it that the best, like the most amazing sculpture starts as a block of marble. Like you have to chip away at it to get to the thing you see in your head as the finished product. So yeah. you got to you gotta make small chips time after time to get anywhere near something that looks like what you want the future to be. Yeah. Well, I, I guess... And so in this podcast, we've talked a lot about getting that, you know, doing that first step. I guess the only problem there is your first step is you have to look at the block of marble and see David or, or yeah. whatever. Well, that's uh, where optimism comes in. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's where the hope is. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and But just like any person can, can change the future, any block of marble can be a, a work of art. Uh you need to put the right people in the right places to do it. And if you're in the right place, just being a kind person is, that's good enough. Yeah. And not to force that metaphor too much, but it, you've, I've also seen those, have you ever seen those really cool carvings in graphite, like on the, on the lead of a pencil? Like mm, people I, do like, people do like those I super, think so, super but I can't tiny, remember. amazingly intricate uh, carvings on the like the tip of a pencil so like even the small you you could see big things or like amazing things in the smallest you know if you have hope for the possibility of it you can you can make something beautiful happen um, so just just by taking you know putting putting the effort in and trying or like you said even encouraging somebody else you might be encouraging the person who makes that big you might not be able to make that big thing happen yourself but maybe Mm -hmm. just by lifting up somebody else you will be encouraging somebody else to follow their own dreams and they might end up going on to do something amazing that could change the world as well yeah man it 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 takes a village which means it it takes a lot of villagers you know yeah (laughs) sometimes it's okay to just be the villager um, Sometimes Chuck is just trying to come up with the title of the podcast in one part of. <laughs> I, I, I honestly was not trying to do that. Although Sometimes I, you got to be the villager. <laughs> although now that you say that, maybe that will be the the title of the episode. Um, but no, you're I, right. <laughs> I, I I feel like 
we're describing our lessons the same way Christopher Nolan describes uh, the inversion entropy thing. <laughs> I feel like we're using lots of words and going around in, in weird ways. Well, we're nothing if not verbose when it comes to explaining what we mean. <laughs> so um, That's true. That's why our episodes are the length they are. <laughs> and I, why the, I can't remember what episode it was, which is why you stopped us at one point and we're like, we just explained the same thing like five times in a row. Uh, I think we got to cut this part out. <laughs> uh, I think that was Chicago 7. I think... Was it? I, think, I thought it was earlier than that. Maybe. But I, oh, you might be right. You might but, be right. Uh, but I do remember on Chicago 7, I, I gave like a really wordy uh, lesson. And then I later gave a, a much like clearer lesson with fewer words. And then mm-hmm. I was like, I realize now this is the same lesson that you had to have me repeat. <laughs> so other than like fate and free will, the other the only other thing I wrote down about this was about the husband character who... As we talked about, he wants his wife, or nobody can have her, and he wants to keep living his life of leisure in the world, and if he has to die, then he doesn't believe that anybody else should be able to continue experiencing life either. So he doesn't mind that he's going to destroy the world with this mechanism, or with, with this machine, because once once his consciousness ends, he believes that everything else, nothing else matters anymore, you know? Um, and it's like, it's, it's kind of like this rich capitalist kind of view of like, we, I don't really care about the next generation. They're more, they, they care more about the money they can make now. I don't really care that we know that fossil fuels are going to exacerbate climate change and potentially can cause big problems and big, 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 money down down the line i'm not going to be here then so i'm not i don't really care about that uh which is why people who actually care about their children <laughs> who this the, the 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 man uh the, the husband actually said the the greatest sin he ever committed was bringing a son into a world he knew was, knows was going to end mm-hmm. so the fact like that was his one moment of like weakness of like feels like he actually does have some empathy somehow but otherwise, he doesn't care that the rest of these people will not be able to continue with their lives after he brings this machine into existence. Yeah, like I mean, I mean, he gets to hide behind the veneer of like I'm dying anyway, so I might as well do this <laughs> good thing for the future, right? Yeah. So, um, because that's what the future wants this algorithm for is to mm-hmm. make their future better by destroying the past, essentially, but. I mean, it's just, it, 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 he's just hiding behind it because he's really just like a jealous dude. Like he doesn't like the idea of people getting to enjoy this world if he doesn't get to enjoy it as well. Yeah, it's like uh, the know, biggest God complex ego trip. Yeah. Um, doesn't he at one point compare himself to a God? I think he said he is a God, yeah. Yeah. Um, but And, and I mean... You get to know that it's just sort of jealousy on his part by the way he treats his wife, but yeah, he's just he's just an asshole, man. Yeah, I'm not even sure he was that great of a character, but I need to watch it again. <laughs> it did just keep making me think of like corporations and companies who will exploit mm-hmm. the resources of this world at the expense of the future, even though we know now like what it's doing. Like they will continue hiding behind that veneer of. Like, uh, this is what the people want. We're creating jobs. This needs to be, you know, blah, 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 whatever that, whatever the rhetoric of the day is. And then when we find out that they knew of all the dangers 30 years later, there's nobody there to arrest or blame or fine. Like, you know, like, and, and they've already become such big companies that any fine we, uh, you know, levy on them is not actually going to do any damage. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's, and and that and that, I mean I couldn't stop thinking about that when I was think when I was like examining that character. Yeah, and then you know energy companies do things like pushing the idea of the individual's personal carbon footprint so that <laughs> the pe- people feel like they need to be doing more so that yeah. the corporations don't need to do as much. Yeah, recycle your bottle. 
Yeah. Yeah. Instead, instead of the onus being on the corporations that create billions of pounds of pla- of single use plastic waste. Yeah. Every day, mm-hmm. or you know, every year, whatever it is, like they, by by putting the onus on the individual that using your straw at Starbucks is gonna is destroying the environment. You don't want to talk about the people that are manufacturing those straws and everything else that consumers want you know like they just jump on whatever bandwagon and point the finger somewhere else yeah and they don't see the other three fingers pointing back at them yeah hey it's it's christmas do you want to give a dollar to the needy how much (laughs) money did your corporation make last year uh here's a feel-good news story about a child who raised two thousand dollars for his father's cancer treatment because this country does not provide health (laughs) care yeah uh, and then the, because, the fact that we're all believing that those are like uplifting stories is the real trick that everyone's yeah. played on us. <laughs> and then because this country doesn't provide healthcare, the people without the healthcare go to hospitals anyway and then can't pay their bills. And so costs go way, way up. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. <laughs> and our congressmen go to Canada to get their medication, but then cut costs for healthcare benefits here and and medications supplements and things like that yeah or, or they just get their healthcare for free anyway or yeah or they say that covid is not a real thing but then when they contract it they get the best free medical care available to no one else in this country uh yeah yeah like you Good know stuff. Uh, uh mcconnell i think got his vaccination uh, oh, I, oh, I was I was referring to Trump and Rudy Giuliani both getting yeah. treated for actually having the virus. Yeah, uh, and I think I think Rupert Murdoch got his vaccination too, even though well, Fox News is still pushing the it's not a big deal thing. Anyway, yeah. Uh, so short, long story short, corporations bad, uh, <laughs> and uh, tenant. Uh, the jury's still out. <laughs> yeah, it, it was enjoyable. Like I, I feel like we need to stress that because I think we talked a lot about the things we didn't like about it. But what was the other movie we talked about? All the bad stuff about. <sighs> I was just trying to think of that too. As soon as I started saying it. Um... Oh, King of Staten Island. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's a movie that like, again, I, I do. I'm glad I watched it. Me too. I like that, that one. Better. I don't. That one I don't plan on watching again. <laughs> Right. Yeah, yeah. Tenet I could watch again, and I feel like I could find new things in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, again, it's still, even though it feels watered down a bit, it still is a Christopher Nolan action movie, and you're still going to be able to enjoy it, even if you don't know what the hell is going on. Yeah, and if nothing else, it has uh, reminded me that I want to watch Inception and Interstellar again. <laughs> and you should. And I will. Uh, uh, well, I guess from what you've said, you're definitely going to watch Interstellar again, but you just need to watch Inception again. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Inception is one of the ones that, like, I, I don't, I don't know why that has never, that never, like, makes it into my rewatch rotation. Um, I don't know either. But a lot of the times, a lot of the things is that I have so many movies or shows that I want to watch that I haven't watched yet. Um, I'm more likely to rewatch a TV show so I can watch like one or two episodes when I have the time. Right. But when I want to like dedicate a couple hours to a movie, I want to watch something new that I haven't seen or something that I like is one of my favorites already. Yeah, I understand, but I just think Inception should be one of your favorites already. <laughs> well, maybe when I watch it again, it will be. It's one of Maya's favorites. Good. Maybe we can get you a matching because I have the the top. Yeah. You want you want to get me the bottom? Ha <laughs> ha I was gonna say we could get you guys a matching one. Although it's not perfectly balanced, like it, it wanders. It will not stay in one spot and spin. It always goes off the table. The, the shirt? It always it goes off the shirt once in a while. Ha. <laughs> I, I do have that shirt too. Uh, I thought you were talking about the shirt. I didn't realize no, you were I, talking I, about the I, actual top. I have the actual replica top, man. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> sometimes I spin it because it's it's right on the table by the door. So sometimes I spin it when I'm heading out for my run. <laughs> when just you come to, back and it's still spinning, <laughs> just just to make sure I'm not sleeping. <laughs> That's great. Uh, so, if you guys have any thoughts on uh, Tenet or what we got right or wrong about the way anything worked in the movie, because we're still not sure, you can email us at imitatingart1 at gmail dot com or hit us up on those socials at imitatingartpod. That's right. Instagram or Twitter. 
Um, and uh, if you want to find us individually, you can find me at Don't Worry I'm Finite on Instagram or YouTube.com slash Don't Worry I'm Finite. You can find me on uh, Instagram or Twitter or any social media at Big F and Moose. Not that I update very often. Or spelled have, how it sounds. Spelled how it sounds. Or uh, <laughs> nor do I have the plethora of lovely pictures that Don's social media has. <laughs> I enjoyed talking about this movie almost more than I enjoyed watching it. But I, 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 I will. I do think we should do a little update in the future when we have watched it again. <laughs> so yeah. maybe not a full episode, but maybe uh, just a little snippet. So, Well, it also took a lot less time to talk about it than it did to watch it. So Slightly, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, well, thanks for uh, making it this far as always. Uh, yeah, and yeah. hopefully uh, we all have a good 2021. Yeah, hopefully we're already having a good one. So <laughs> it's been <laughs> actual. Yeah, it's been real. Well, see you next Tuesday. <laughs>